The fantasy genre is vast, complex, and has existed for time immemorial. It is a way to escape the drudgery of everyday life, but also a method humanity uses to examine itself in interesting, boundary-shattering ways. We are fascinated with the heights of glory we can rise to, with the depths of depravity in which we sometimes fall. Fantasy gives us an opportunity to reflect on these themes, and let's face it, it's also just plain old fun. Join us weekly on Fridays for the Fantasy in General podcast, where we discuss all things fantasy in general. Thank you so much, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Fantasy in General. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, so we have concluded our chapter by chapter. Yes, we have. A series of unfortunate events is now a past event. It is. Yes. It has come and it has gone. Indeed. No more unfortunate things for us. No, at least not as religiously and habitually unfortunate as the Baudelaire children. Yes. I don't wish that life upon anybody really. No, no, thank you. Um, so with that, we're going to be doing a few different things. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but before we start that, uh, what's new in your life? Um, not a whole lot that I can think of right now. Um, I'm looking for a new book or book series to start. So if anybody has any recommendations, let me know. Oh yeah. Uh, my husband just finished one. I, he told me about that one. Oh, it's a Star Wars you? book, right? Yeah. He just finished it. I have not seen him that into a book in a very long time. Really? Yeah, it's it's sitting right here, but I can't read it that far away. He sent me a text of it. Let me see if I can find an image of it. I was going to see if it, I haven't checked yet, but I was going to see if it was on Audible. I'm sure it is. I'm pretty sure. It's called Star Wars Lost Stars. Yeah, yeah. The New York Times bestseller. Oh, do you think that it takes a lot to be a New York Times bestseller? I feel like every book is a bestseller. Well, they do. They have different. Um, so they have different designations, like they have nonfiction bestsellers and fiction bestsellers, and they might have, oh. they might even do something like a sci-fi bestseller. Oh, okay. Okay. So if it, but if it makes the list, you can call yourself a New York times bestseller. Oh, here we go. What does it take? If you want to be a best-selling author on the New York Times list, you must sell between 5,000 to 10,000 copies of your book in one week. Oh. But the sales cannot co all come from one entity. Oh, so like you if like, you're rich, can't, you can't buy uh, 10,000 of your own book. Oh. You know I what see. I mean? Yeah. By entity, I was thinking, does that mean like you can't buy all of them on Amazon? Or, uh, okay, that makes sense. You know what, though? That's kind of a low number to me. In a week? Well, I mean, we're thinking, you're thinking about like J.K. Rowling. Yeah, that's true. Who that's could sell 10,000 books in one minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, it's still mm, to be to be considered a best-selling author. Like you're really just going to dish that out for five thousand books. I mean, it'd be pretty sweet to sell five thousand books in one week. That's true. That's my guess is that's like their minimum standard. But if you don't make, if there's you know ten other books that sell more than you, you're probably not going to make the list. Oh, really? I don't know. Oh, I thought I that was deep, an ongoing list. I don't know how deep they go on that bestseller list. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, hmm. Maybe I should try. Maybe. No, I wouldn't be a good author, though. I don't have a good imagination. <laughs> Gosh. I can't think of stuff like that. Maybe I'll write a memoir. There you go. Maybe not, though. Also. What would it be called? Hmm. My Life in the Slow Lane, Kelsey C. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The <laughs> um, Life of a Wet Blanket. The Life of a Wet Blanket. There you go. <laughs> that would be a highly interesting read. I'm sure oh, that yeah. would make people want to pick that up. Some people might, they might be like, huh, that's kind of a funny title. We'll give <laughs> that a try. Like, oh, it's actually an incredibly boring human being. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Takes no risks. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say something that I saw uh, earlier today was it just popped up on my YouTube feed as mm-hmm. a recommended video for me to watch. And it was an audience reaction from 1980 when Empire Strikes Back was released in theaters and uh, it was the scene where Vader tells Luke that he's his father. Yeah. And so it starts and they're fighting, you know, and Vader, you know, cuts off Luke's hand. And uh, he's, you know, talking to Luke, like, join me together. You know, we can take over the galaxy and end this conflict and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then Luke's like, I'll never join you. <laughs> I'll and, never uh, join you. And, uh, <laughs> so angsty. We'll be- and then he's like, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. And uh, he told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, Luke, I am your father. And the whole audience in the theater, you hear <gasps> like that. And you hear one guy yell, no. <laughs> <laughs> really? I got to look that up. It was hilarious. I got to look that up. That sounds funny. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like... I don't know if I've ever had a reaction like that in the movies because like so many movies that we have now, they're books beforehand, you know? And so you're not surprised by anything. Yeah. Star Wars is one of those few franchises that does not become a book first. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember, I'm sorry, go ahead. What were you no, going to no, say? No, no, you, you go, you go. I was going to say, cause I, I obviously was too young to watch the original trilogy in theaters, but I watched the prequel trilogy in theaters. I and, uh, yeah, I did too. I remember going to see uh, attack of the clones episode mm-hmm. two and uh, the uh, toward the end when uh, Dooku and Dooku has owned Obi-Wan and Anakin. And then you see a shadow, a long shadow getting cast on the ground. And then Yoda comes around the corner. Um, when I was in the theater, I hear a guy from the back go, oh, shoot. <laughs> the whole crowd started clapping. That's true. I mean, yeah, that's true. 
That's true. And then Yoda did not disappoint. He was. Awesome. Oh no, no, he owns. He owns everybody. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, the Emperor kind of gave him a pretty good challenge. That's true, but I think Yoda knew exactly what he was doing the whole time. What I one of my things that I think is funny when he fights Dooku in Attack of the Clones, Dooku, you know, does something with rocks or, or yeah, he like material and yeah. tries to drop it on Yoda, mm-hmm. and Yoda you know, like stops it over his head and throws it away. And then he shoots force lightning at Yoda and Yoda just kind of absorbs it into his hands. And then Dooku, (laughs) Dooku says something to the effect of, we're not going to be able to settle this based upon our powers with the force. We're going to have to settle it based upon our skills with a lightsaber. Yeah. And when he says that every time I think, you know, you want to switch to a lightsaber because Yoda is owning you right now with the force. Yeah, like you haven't that's touched true. this dude. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I mean, what has what has Yoda actually done uh, in the offensive yet? Yeah, he's just stopping stuff, and he just totally just sucks in force yeah. lightning to the palm yeah. of his hand. He's like, um, I have no more tricks, so let's so just go. move to the lightsaber. Go to the lightsaber, you, please. You know what I did today? That was pretty exciting. Uh, I'm pretty sure there were a few minutes. He may still believe this. So uh, I was sitting outside. My kids had a lemonade stand Uh and I was sitting uh, right in front of the garage and the garage door was open and I went to go shut it with the control. But I was like, oh, no, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to make my son believe I can close it with the force. And I'm pretty sure I blew his mind. Really? Yeah. His face. He was like, can you make it go down faster? He was like asking me questions about it. Oh, dang. He's going to be like 10 going to school telling kids his mom is a Jedi. Um, Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) That's the dream right there. You need to start practicing your lightsaber wielding right now. That's true. I can do some stuff because I was a drum major. So I'm sure I have some kind of little tricky. You can trick. still do the twirly stuff. Yeah. You know, I think I could do some stuff. Um, speaking of Star Wars, have you watched Obi-Wan yet? No. Because I didn't know this. I don't know how I didn't know this, but do you know who they bring back? Darth Maul? No, like an actor. Uh. Hayden Christensen. <laughs> it was a sure real treat. It was a real treat. I've heard from multiple sources that it is a terrible show. Who? Like people that have given it reviews that I've seen online say that it's not a good show. It's kind of weak. That it, uh, Disney's just trying to make money by trotting out a famous character. I mean, kind of, but I like it. Let's see what it gets. Try to see what it gets on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you serious? Because I'm really enjoying it. Oh, good. Okay. This is upsetting. Obi Wan. Giving it a look. See. I can't believe this. It's better than uh, Boba Fett book. Of so Boba critics Fett. give it an eighty-three percent. There you go. Audiences give it a fifty-eight. Which. Okay, let's be fair here. In the realm of Star Wars, the audience score is much more important. 
agreed. Oh, wait. Yeah, the audience score. Yeah, yeah the audience score. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, because The Last Jedi, or not, what was the other one? Uh, yeah, The Last Jedi. Right. Yeah, yeah. Last Jedi, it did, it got really high critic scores, but mm-hmm. terrible audience scores, um, if I remember correctly. What about so, yeah. Rise of Sky? Was Rise of Skywalker the last one? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so The Last Jedi gets a 91% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, but oh. 42% from audiences. And that's like so rare, I feel like. To have that big of a disparity? Well, and with the audience being the lower of the two. Yeah, usually critics are harder on it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Disney paid the critics, so. Skywalker. I'm looking at Rise of Skywalker right now. Okay. Dang, that movie's three years old already. It is? Yeah. <sighs> Rise of Skywalker is the reverse. Critics gave it a 52. Audiences gave it an 86, which Audience I... Audience gave it an 86? I think it's an awful movie, so I don't know why that's... They were the probably thing. just happy it was over. I don't know. That's See, the- I, agree with, I agree with the critical consensus. The critical consensus says the Rise of Skywalker suffers from a frustrating lack of imagination but concludes the beloved saga with fan-focused devotion. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Dang, I can't believe people hate Obi-Wan. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, you know me, I'm not a harsh critic, so. And it's Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch it at some point and see what what the dealio is i'm not I might gonna, enjoy it. i'm not gonna lie there's an actress in it that is just awful oh awful. really yes she's infuriating but <laughs> what are you gonna do and i i'm not gonna say what character she is because that'll give away i mean it's the first episode but It's frustrating. Yeah. It's it's like somebody's kid that, you know, somebody in production, it's their kid. So, you know. <laughs> it's like some like Disney executive's kid that yeah. landed it. Exactly. Yeah. So. But, I mean, I like it. So, whatever. I wonder if they're planning on trying to do multiple seasons of Obi-Wan or if it's just like a one season miniseries type of thing. Well, yeah, because I'm curious um, where... I could see them, I guess, either way. Because this is like, I would say, seven or eight years after. No, eight or nine years after. Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Um, or no, 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 no. After. Um, I'm sorry. After. Um, um, Revenge of the Sith. Sorry. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's still you know, quite a bit of time, I guess, to cover. If they wanted to, yeah. Yeah. Because I, wonder if, I wonder if you and McGregor will want to do that, though, because I'm sure he's a busy guy. He's in a lot lately, huh? Yeah. He's in a lot of stuff. He's usually got a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame anybody who wants him in a movie. Oh, dear. Good choice. Always a good choice. 
Uh, what else? What else? Yeah, you should read that Star Wars book, though. You'd probably yeah. enjoy it. Um, I'm currently looking for something to read while I'm on vacation. Maybe I'll read the Star Wars book. If you uh, some good Star Wars books, you can tell your husband this too. Where the Thrawn is the Thrawn series. Oh yeah, he was super interested in that. Very Grand interested. Admiral Thrawn. And there, he was saying that people are like <laughs> confused that there hasn't been some kind of introduction of Thrawn into like a series or a movie or whatever. He makes a cameo in the animated series, The Clone Wars. Oh, really? And I think he was mentioned in season two of The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so that has led to, I don't think anything official has been announced, but that's led to speculation. that. But they it's kind of like something that could happen. Series. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because he's pretty... He's pretty popular. I think he he may be the most popular character that's not in a film. Oh, really? There's people that love Thrawn. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Hmm. He just got he just started um I think it's called Master and Apprentice. It's a book? Yeah. Mhm. Um it's about Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Or at least that's who's on the cover of the book. Liam Neeson. Is it Liam and, and yeah. Is it, and you, is it is you and McGregor got his little he has his little ponytail, his little rat on rat tail. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Classic. Classic. I will pay you one thousand dollars to have that haircut. I mean, I can't now. They wouldn't let you have a rat tail? No. <laughs> Why not? It's not very professional. Well, you're a Padawan. You're training. Well, I guess oh, you're not training, but... <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> you're still my Padawan. Now you can take it up with my boss. I'll ask him. Oh, okay. I have no problem. And then he'll probably say, actually, yes, that is now a requirement. Everybody oh, grow your hair out. Everybody has to have a rat tail. Everybody has to have a rat tail. Yep. Like with the with the shaved head. <laughs> yeah. But like not a close shave. It's always like a like a one and a half, you know, or a two. Yeah. Like almost like chia pet looking. It's not an attractive hairstyle. No. Mm-mm. Maybe that's the point. I don't know. But I don't know why a ponytail would be a good idea anyway. Because people can grab you from your ponytail. That's what I've always been told. Like when you're running as a woman, if you're going on a run by yourself, you should put your hair in a bun because somebody can grab you by the ponytail. (laughs) So I mean, probably true. It's not a good choice for a Jedi. You've got a lot of paranoid thoughts. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we were just talking about uh, before we started recording how you, I mean, I, there, we have to have some kind of pull on this because this blows my mind. You sleep with the windows open. If it is a cool night, yeah, well, you, yes. you crack some windows and that way it cools down the house and your AC doesn't have to run. Mm-mm. 
I will never. They are locked, sealed shut. Oh my god! And they all have sensors on them too, so I know if they're opened. I mean, that's fine. You can have sensors on them. It's fine. It's like it's an alarm system. Yeah, but it doesn't work. It won't alarm if they're already open. Oh, you can disable that on your alarm thing. You can bypass those alarms. I don't want to bypass the alarms. <laughs> I don't live in as much fear as you do. Constant fear. Man. I don't know who's hunting me, but it's got to be someone, you know? Gosh. I can feel it. I can feel it weighing down on me. In your mind, do you feel like dementors are just hovering around you at all times? Yeah, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Could happen. Ooh, speaking of, nice segue. This Harry Potter game is incredible. The Lego, the Lego, oh, the Harry Lego Potter one. Oh, yeah, on yeah, Switch. Yeah. Currently in year four. Oh. Um... I'm pretty good. Yeah. But it's also not hard to be good when you have unlimited lives. So you do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's honestly, this is my kind of game. It's perfect. Okay. There you go. It's, it's perfect. Speed right there. Yep. Yep. There were, uh, there have been a couple times where my husband has had to look at like walkthrough videos because we kind of got stuck at a couple of points. And then it's always how to get through it is just so stupid, obvious. It's just such a bummer, you know, like yeah. we're a little bit too smart. You know, that's what I say. Yeah, I it's something like that, because I know I remember having to help my son a couple of times if he was playing the Jurassic Park one. Mm hmm. And uh, the solution to get past a certain part, I didn't feel like was always super obvious. Yeah. Like you kind of stumble across it by accident sometimes. Yeah. Uh, No, that's how I feel too. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I walked over here because would have never known. (laughs) So, but no, it's been a real treat. Uh, We're in year four and we just... um, Oh, we just finished the lake task. So. In Goblet of, of the, Fire? Yeah, of the Triwizard Tournament. Triwizarding yeah. Tournament? Yeah. So battled some uh, mermaids, people. Okay. And now we'll see uh, what's next, I guess. I mean, Although I, I do know, know what's next, so. Yeah. <laughs> Those Legos video games have done very well. They've sold millions of them. I mean, I see why. They're a real treat. (laughs) Real treat. I can't wait to play that other Hogwarts Legacy game. I know. That's going to be cool. I wonder if that's going to be up my alley. Doubt it, but I'm going to try. It's going to be a role game, RPG. Yeah, I know. Can you do the RPGs? I don't know. I I guess I don't really know if I like that or not. Have I ever played a game that's like that? Pokemon? Pokemon is not well. No. <laughs> not no, you know, but I know you're no. Yeah, I don't. Have you ever played that. like a? Have you ever played like an open world Legend of Zelda game? No. Mm-mm. 
Mm. Ever played Fable? No. Mm. Donkey, like Donkey Kong? No. 64? No. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I don't, doesn't sound like you have. Assassin's Creed, no. um, Red Dead Redemption, mm. um, any of the Witcher games. Uh, oh, uh, Elder Scrolls. No. Um, so, like, when you have games like that, do you have, like, an ultimate thing that you're supposed to do, like, tasks that you're supposed to get through and stuff, or you just kind of wander around? There's a main... a, a main Like, storyline? Storyline. Okay. But then there's, like, so many side things uh, you can... I mean, you could spend hours and hours and hours just doing the side quests. Oh, okay. So and, it's not like straightforward. Right. Okay. And there's usually some element of choice in how you create that, how you build the character, or create it. Like you can decide the choices could be limited to as much as you get to choose where you want to invest your skill points or something. So you become really good at one thing and not as good at another thing. Okay. Or it could be the point where like in fable games, for example, your choices affect your outward appearance. Oh. If you do bad things, you start to look evil. Like your eye, it gets dark around your eyes. At one point, you can get so bad in one of the Fable games where you grow like giant Hellboy horns out of your forehead. <laughs> what? Um, and you can also be so good that essentially you have a halo that hovers around your head. And when you do like one characters in Fable, Table three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, my character was so good. Um, he had the halo. What an eye And roll. then when he would take out his sword to get ready to fight, like wings would come out. I couldn't fly, but they were like wings of light. Did you feel like that was you? Yes. It's a role-playing game. <laughs> oh, okay. That was okay. me. That was you. Usually... <laughs> My wife always teases me because my characters in games are always good. Um, because, and she's like, oh, you're such a Boy Scout, um, which might be true. But also, I think it's more difficult and more challenging to play the game good. If you're bad and you just run around and break things and kill people all the time, I mean, that's yeah, that's true. When you're good, you have to like think about consequences and think about how you're going to do this. Um, fair. But she's probably right. It probably partly is because I'm a Boy Scout. Yeah, also that. Also that. I gravitate towards the bad characters, so. I mean, I enjoy a good villain. Superman is my favorite superhero. And every time I tell somebody that, somebody that Jamie goes, well, that's obvious, of course. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You're you're a Boy Scout, so. Do you think you'd be as risk averse as you are? Do you think you'd be a supervillain? Were you a comic Mm. book character? No, I'd be like a uh, like a observer. You know. Okay. I'd be somebody that like works at the bank, like that. What's that movie called? Just came out. Free guy? Yeah, free guy. (laughs) I'd be like him. Yeah. 
Oh gosh. Okay. You'd be an NPC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A non-player yep. character. Yeah, absolutely. And I would enjoy uh, that life. Be very happy. And I would enjoy that. Life. <laughs> be very content with that. So you'd be like, oh look, there goes Captain America. Look at him running around on the street. Glad I'm <laughs> yeah. in here in the bank. <laughs> good for him. Hope he's having a good day. <laughs> Just going to work my nine to five minimum wage and go home. So, and say thank you for saving the world, but also no, thank you. I don't want to have any part in that. Also, I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch Obi-Wan. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) That nobody agrees is a good show. So, Well, clearly some people do. Some people think it's good and other people think it's not good. Yeah. A couple. I'm one of the few, I guess. But anyway, well, anything else? Uh, No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Summer's a nice, happily boring time, you know? Yeah, sometimes happily, sometimes not so happily. But no news is good news, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So... All right. Well, let's take a quick little segue to quotes and boats. All right. Quotes and boats with Kelsey and Bob. All right. And welcome back to quotes and boats with Kelsey and Bob. Here we are. Okay. This is a tough one. Okay. I actually don't know. You're probably going to get it right away. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Hit me. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Obi-Wan Kenobi, a new hope. Oh, my gosh. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) You strike me down. (laughs) You were uh, being polite by letting me finish the quote, weren't you? I was, yeah. Well, other people need to hear it, too. That's true. I'm a little, can I say I'm a little surprised you thought that might be hard? I don't know. I guess we were talking about Obi-Wan, and it's pretty classic, so I don't know why I thought it would be hard. Probably the only movies that I've seen more than Star Wars are the Lord of the Rings movies and the Indiana Jones movies. Okay. Mine are probably Harry Potter is top. Okay. Okay. Then Star Wars. And then Lord of the Rings is after that. Okay. HP's number one, huh? Over Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. HP is easier to just uh, like turn on one of the movies, you know? No, yeah, I get it. Star Wars, it has to be a marathon. At least, at least with a trilogy marathon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. That's how I feel. But also, that's the only way that me and my husband have really ever watched them. We usually do a Star Wars marathon once a year and a Harry Potter marathon once a year. 
How long does it take you to get through the Harry Potter marathon? All eight movies? Oh, not like we don't just sit there and watch them. It's like multi-week, like Mm. watch like maybe one movie a night, probably half a movie because you know how we are with our bedtime. So yes, I do. (laughs) Very early, very early. Your kids go to bed and then really not too long after you guys are in bed. Yes. Yeah. Typically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and then we'll do, we'll do Lord of the Rings. I mean, probably once a year, it's not as like, uh, set in stone though. Yeah. Star Wars is usually during the summer. Harry Potter is usually during the Christmas season. And if you're watching the extended versions of Lord of the Rings, one movie feels like a marathon. Well, that's the thing. That's it's a huge commitment, you know, I mean, because extended edition for us, that takes four or five days to get through. <laughs> so, Well, Return of the King is like, no, five hours. And I mean, it's not even if you're watching extended. I mean, you, you that's the only option. I don't know how you can not watch extended because once you know that there's content, you have to watch it. Like, why would you try to cut that down? No, agreed. Yeah. I, I have not watched ever since the extended versions came out many years ago. Yeah. I've never not watched the extended versions. Yeah. Cause what's the point? Are you trying to like take a shortcut through the movie? You know, that's what it yeah. feels like. So I think it's always funny when they come out with extended editions of movies because you're kind because the uh they'll release it and they'll always be they'll like interview the director or something Mm -hmm. like that and the director will be like well we obviously you know we feel like the best version of the movie was the theatrical release oh stop but we wanted to give this extra thing for the fans and it's like no the movie studio told you this thing had to be two hours and 50 minutes They said there's no way we're selling one ticket for a five-hour movie. Yeah. So you had to cut it down, and you really wanted to put all this in there if you could have. Did Peter Uh, Jackson say that? I think I did hear him say that in an interview one time, and it's like, he's got to say that so that people who went to see the movie in the theater don't feel like they wasted their money. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, please, whatever. No, I mean, you... Yeah, there's no other way to watch it, period. Did they have extended editions of the Hobbit movies? I don't remember that coming out. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. Let me look. Are there extended edition? Oh, wow. That like auto populated. Uh, The Hobbit extended edition is a version of Peter Jackson. These versions have new editing scenes and oh, yeah. Oh, I never, I don't remember hearing about it. Oh, okay. So Unexpected Journey has 13 minutes of additional footage. Uh, Desolation of Smaug is 25 minutes of additional footage. Oh. And it doesn't save for the third one. Uh, let me see the third. I would assume long. Oh, around 30 minutes of additional footage. So okay. not too much. I mean, the uh, extended of Lord of the Rings is much longer than that, right? 
I think they added 20 or 30 minutes to fellowship. Yeah. Uh, pretty close to an hour, I think, for yeah. two hours. And then wasn't it like an hour and I mean, a half to two hours for Return of the King? It, yeah, let's see. Extended how many minutes of additional footage return of the king there we go okay adds 50 minutes that's it no no way i thought we're well the theatrical release of return of the king i think was three and a half hours oh okay three hours and 20 minutes okay so when they add 50 it makes it an over four hour movie yeah yeah okay okay I always exaggerate and say like five hours, but yeah, it's like four. No, I, I always think that it's five hours too, to be honest with you. So <laughs> I wish I mean, there's the, the mouth of Sauron scene. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's others, but I, since I've always, since I've watched well, that. Yeah. I don't even know. Years, I can't remember what's added. And that's, what's not. that's the thing. Like I know for sure the mouth scene is, but other than that, I'm like, I have no idea because I've only watched the extended for such a long time. I don't really know what is added and what's not, you know? Yeah. But they could have, man, they they left out so much at the end. That could have been a six-hour movie. Oh, yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah, the taking back of the Shire, that was a surprising cut, I guess, but... Well, there's no way that they could have because in, uh, well, no, in return, but they kill Saruman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which so. they did. So they didn't have to do. Yeah. The rest of taking back of the Shire, I guess. Yeah, that's true. But. I get so. it though. I get what it's like. Cause it's like the Tom Bombadil thing we talked about. And no, I thought Peter Jackson's reasoning was good for that. He didn't think. He says Tom Bombadil is obviously a cool character, but having him in it would not have advanced the Hobbit storyline at all. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You had to kind of keep with that direct storyline in order to stay on track. And oh, did you hear that? I heard something. Firework season. Oh, Fourth of July is creeping. Yeah, it is getting creeping. close. Getting close. Um, okay, boat. All right, ready for this? It's a riddle. Okay. Close your eyes, put on your thinking cap. Okay. Twinkle and Rinky wish to cross a river. The only way to get to the other side of the river is by boat. But that boat can only take one person at a time. The boat cannot return on its own, and there are no ropes or similar tricks. Yet both girls managed to cross the boat within the boat. How did they do it? Okay, say it again. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Twinkle and Rinky wish to cross a river. The only way to get to the other side of the river is by boat, but that boat can only take one of them at a time. The boat cannot return on its own, and there are no ropes or similar tricks to use. Yet both girls managed to cross using the boat. How did they do it? There's two boats. No. Oh. <sighs> Good guess, but no. Can only take one at a time. 
Do they have like magic abilities? No. Okay. It's not that it's not that complicated. <laughs> it's not that complicated? Well, it's not the point where like one of them is a witch or a wizard, <laughs> you know, it's like there's a there's a logical explanation. Hmm. <laughs> so one of them is in the boat and one of them just holds on to the side and is like dragged through the water. They don't want to get wet. So no, that's Oh, not. they don't want to get wet. Oh, they don't want to get wet. Um, hmm. Okay. They want to get to the other side of the river. There is a boat, but it can only take one of them. You can't. They both want to cross the river. But it's not. I'm trying to think of a way to give you a hint without just giving the answer away. Well, they don't have to both stay on the other side, right? Okay, follow that logic. So one of them crosses, then comes back, and then the other one crosses. Are they trying to stay together? Are they together? They are... What? <laughs> it says Twinkle and Rinky wish to cross the river. Yeah. It doesn't say that they're together. They just both want to cross the river. So it happened like 10 years apart. You're on the right track. <laughs> but not oh, quite. Oh, they're on other sides of the river. Yes. Exactly. Okay. All right. I got Twinkle it. and Rinky start on opposite sides of the river. Okay. All right. Well, what if... Okay. Got it. They might not even know each other. We're just... I'm well, just I know, but like, what if they become friends and stuff, and then they want to still hang out, but on the other side, then they'll have to figure it out, you know? And then they'll have to figure something out. Yeah. I guess one of them will have to hold on to the side and be dragged in the water, like I said. Maybe. So... Oh, clever, clever. Hmm. Clever girl. Clever girl. All right. Well, that was a good one. I enjoyed that one. Okay. I do like the riddles. It keeps my brain young, keeps those synapses firing, you know? Indeed. Yep. Indeed. All right. Well, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors before we get into the meat of our episode. And welcome back to the main course. Indeed. Yeah. And like we said, uh, we finish our chapter by chapter. And now, you know, if you've been listening, we've kind of hinted at what we're doing next for a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and we kind of narrowed down exactly what we're doing. Yes. So we're we doing character deep dives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but it's going to be a very specific little mini series of character deep dives yeah. on the Marauders. It is. So we had um, we had a couple requests for for a couple of them, and so we just thought, well, we might as well look at all of the Marauders because yeah, I think it'll be interesting. They're a fun little group of fellows. So. Yeah, they're complex because they're they're good guys. You mm-hmm. want to root for them, and you root for them most of the time. But they are not without their flaws. No, that's the thing. You know, there's not good people and bad people. There's in between people. You know. Yeah, and I think Harry Potter does a pretty good job of that. Yeah, yeah. Like there's exactly. people that, like clearly, we know that Albus Dumbledore has some skeletons in that closet. Oh yeah, which and have you watched yet? Because it's on HBO Max. No, that's one I really need to watch. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I know it's not getting good reviews, but neither did The Crimes of Grindelwald, and I really enjoyed that one. I liked Crimes of Grindelwald. I don't understand. Yeah, why I don't understand hates either. It so much, like they really hate it. Which is so confusing. Yeah, it's so confusing to yeah, me. I don't know. I don't know, but. I, I enjoyed it. I, I need to watch it again out of theaters, you know, now that the second watch is always telling because you pick up more of what's going on and stuff. So I agree. Yeah. And yeah, that's the way I was with the like the, the Rise of Skywalker. I did not like it when I saw it in theaters, but mm-hmm. I waited to watch it a second time and I still didn't like it. But, so, <laughs> you were like, uh, I'm going to give it another go. Still hate it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> But there have been movies where the first time around, I'm like, I don't know if I like that. And the second time I'm like, okay, I kind of understand why they did this. And I like it a little bit better. Like Donnie Darko. I've watched Donnie Darko one time because <laughs> I don't want to put myself through that again. Oh, <laughs> uh, fair enough. But there are people that love that movie. I liked it. It's weird though. I don't think I could watch it now. It would scare me too much. I'm a different person, you know? Yeah, that's true. That guy's mm-mm, no thank you, Frank. No <laughs> thank you. FYI, just real quick, Crimes of Grindelwald, yeah. 36% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience is 54. Wow. What about yeah. uh what about uh secrets? Let me take a look. Yeah, critics, man, hated that movie. Wow, I just wow, that's crazy. I I enjoyed it. But maybe I just enjoy, you know, stuff in the wizarding world. Yeah. Um, Secrets of Dumbledore gets a 46%, 46% from critics, but 83% audience score. Yeah. I, I'm curious, like, if the audience hated Crimes of Grindelwald so much that they were just relieved with this one. So they're like, yeah, let's just, you know bump that up a little bit maybe i mean i don't know i really need to watch i want to i just haven't there were a couple specific things that i was annoyed about in secrets of dumbledore like there's something that happens at the end that i was just like oh gosh we know really yeah yeah but uh we'll talk about it after you watch it okay i might watch it tomorrow Oh, okay. I'm off tomorrow, so. Put that on the agenda. 
I'm right now, just real quick. I know we need to move on to our thing. Oh yeah. Okay. What? Oh no. I just wanted to check to see how <laughs> secrets of Dumbledore did at the box office and not. Oh, good. how much is it? It made 95 million in the U S which is really low. Yeah. That's super. Uh, it made 305 million internationally. So it made 401 million worldwide, but the budget for this movie, I don't know how much yeah. it was, but it's probably big. And, uh, they also spend a bunch of money, you know, advertising it and marketing it. So, so much that was so, their marketing for it was almost embarrassing. It was, yeah. it was almost really embarrassing for them because they tried so hard. It was That's like, what, yeah, I remember we were seeing, I think I talked about this. We were, we were seeing Sonic or something. And then the first 30 seconds of the trailer was like, remember Harry Potter showing scenes from like the movies. And then it was actually a trailer for secrets of Dumbledore. It's like, yeah, yeah that's so embarrassing for you. You know? Yeah. I mean, audiences uh, seem to like it when they went and saw it, but not very many people went and saw it. So my guess is they might be done making these fantastic beasts. And they need to, they can't, they have to have a fourth one. There's no way. They left too much open-ended. Not open-ended, but it's not done. Okay. Like, I mean, we all know what has to happen to Grindelwald and like, we're waiting for it, you know? Oh yeah. But I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess you don't have to know. Yeah. I don't see them. Dang. That's really bad. That's way worse than I thought. It was not good. Yeah. It was not a good. Is there a fantastic. There we go. No, still no word. However, unlikely. It's, it seems highly unlikely. <laughs> yeah. If they want those movies to be making Harry Potter numbers, like 800 million worldwide, 900 million worldwide, that type of thing. There's just too many unfortunate things that happened. I think it's, it's a cursed franchise. So. They need to come out with a show on HBO max. Yeah. Like a Marauders series on HBO max. Like we're doing. I mean, uh, here's the I think thing. It would do very well. Yes, like Disney is just sucking Star Wars dry, you know? Yes. Just do the same, <laughs> do the same for Harry Potter. I'm not gonna be mad about it, you know. But they need to make sure it's quality. They need to no, not just put do. it out to put it out. That's true. That's very true. Fair enough. But they've got to do something soon, right? Yeah, if it happened, it would probably be on HBO Max because HBO Max is owned by Discovery Time Warner, which owns HBO. Oh, okay. Okay. And which owns Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Well, speaking of, here we are mm-hmm. starting our mini. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, another firework. Um, okay. Starting another mini series, like you said, on the Marauders mm-hmm. and our first one, um, is who? One serious black. 
Yes, Sirius Black. Our sources for this are harrypotter.fandom.com and goodreads.com. And of course, the books and our brains. Indeed. Our brains and the books. So, um, which really, I mean, that's all that you need to know. So, yeah, I could have pulled this out of my brain. No problem. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's talk about Sirius Black. Did you know that he is a third? Sirius Black the third. I did not know that before this. I did not know that either. So here we are. We know that the House of Black is a old and distinguished wizarding family. Yes, they are very prominent and um, prideful. Indeed. Yes, very much so. All right. So let's talk about his background a little bit. So Sirius was born on November 3rd, 1959. Mm-hmm. And of course, spoiler alert, um, he died on June 18th, 1996. So yeah. he was 30, 36, seven, six years old. 36 and 30. a half when he died. Yeah. He'd no. be 37 in November of 1996. No, he'd be 36. So he's 35. 1959. Yeah. To 1996 is 37 years. So then, but he hasn't reached his birthday yet. So he's 36. Mm, yep. You're right. Because he turned one in 1960. I don't like math, so it's fine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But young. He was very young when he died. He was a young man when he died and he spent, well, we'll get there. Never mind. We'll get there. Yeah. Gary Oldham, he definitely looks older than 35. So yeah. And we'll talk about I, I've got something to say when we reach a different part of the outline. Yeah. It's Don't spoiler it. No, I won't. I, I just want to bring something up real quick. Okay. Um we just watched Sorcerer's Stone today uh, because my kids wanted to watch it. That was exciting. Uh-huh. Um, they actually turned, they physically turned their bodies around when Voldemort's head was in the back of Quarrel um, oh. at the end. Yeah, they did not like that at all because they're my children and they're wet blankets. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of questions about why there's a face there what he why is he bad what did he do yeah it's like how do you you know kind of pg murder you know (laughs) so yeah oh yeah (laughs) had to talk my way around that one anyway so it was in the mirror of erised scene and um i just get so annoyed i get so bothered by the actors who played James and Lily. <sighs> yes. Like you couldn't have read the book. Like you, you really couldn't have, you know? Yeah. What do you mean? Like the way they just have them look? Yes. Cause they were what? 24. Yeah. They were quite young when they, died. and those people were clearly in their forties. <laughs> maybe late, maybe late thirties. Uh, they look older than you for sure. The, the dad definitely looks like yeah, he's a that guy. Yeah, English that guy was middle forties. Yeah. yeah, the mom. Mm, 
she could go. She was definitely looked like she was in her thirties at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gosh, annoying anyway. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Sorry. That's okay. We are never going to get through this outline. <laughs> if we take this much time. <laughs> so Sirius has a couple of nicknames. Yes. Um, yeah. What are they? So um, his first one, of course, is Padfoot, which he mm-hmm. gets um, from becoming an animagus. Um, right. And it's kind of just the nicknames between the marauders um, mm-hmm. that they're really the only ones aware of. But it seems like maybe eventually some people might become aware of that nickname. It seems to me like maybe they become aware of the nickname. Um, more more people become aware of the nicknames when the Marauders join the Order of the Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, when we see in the Harry Potter series, when they are trying to communicate with Sirius, they actually um, refer to him as Snuffles, kind of as a code name. Not really a nickname, yeah. just like a code name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that I guess some that's people a, who were bad might know Padfoot. Yeah, they could they could figure that out easily. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, talk about his family then. Let's talk a little bit about his family because that's really a a sore subject for Sirius. It is. It's a very prominent theme in his character mm-hmm. development throughout the books. So, as we mentioned, the House of Black, which is what they call it a few times. Um, is a very old, uh, pure blood family. Yeah, uh, they are from England, mm-hmm. uh, so they're an English pure blood family. And Sirius, I believe, is the oldest child in his family, and uh, yes. as such, he is the heir to the House of Black. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has high expectations. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I don't know if we're going to get to it later, uh, on the outline. Uh, oh yeah, we are. So I won't talk about it quite yet. We're going to be there in just a few seconds, a few minutes, but, um, yeah, they're a very prominent family. They are a pure blood family and they are, uh, very prestigious. They've held prominent positions. In fact, one of Sirius's ancestors at one point was the uh, headmaster of Hogwarts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so they, they hold themselves in high regard. Okay. Mm -hmm. His parents are. Orion. 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 That's how you would say it. Orion. Yeah. Like Orion's. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's annoying. Okay. And Walburga Black. What a great name, Walburga. Yes, Walburga. So if anybody is pregnant right now and looking for a name, there you go. Walburga. There's probably not very many women no, or there's girls not. named Walburga. Yeah. You could call her a... Wally. Bergy. Or Bergy, yeah. Bergy for sure. Wally Bergy. Yeah. So there you go. You're welcome. Um, and like you mentioned, he's the eldest sibling uh, to his younger brother, Regulus Black. Yes. Yeah. Which we hear most about in um, Half Blood Deathly. Half Blood? Deathly Hollow? Deathly Hollows, right? Definitely mentioned in Half Blood, too, because of the. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 So both of those. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Regulus is never, um, he's never a prominent character, but he becomes his prior actions before the Harry Potter series starts get a lot of attention in Mm -hmm. Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Do you think that, no, I guess not. I was going to say, do you think that Sirius was aware of um, his brother kind of defecting or? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And that kind of bums me out, you know? You get the, you get the feeling that Sirius pretty much cut off all correspondence with his family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's other reasons why he probably didn't talk to them very much. So. Oh yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so we talked about how they're pure blood, um, and but Sirius from pretty early on really doesn't agree with his family's views on their pure blood elitism. Right. He's pretty. He's pretty against it. In fact, and yes. um, it was even said that uh, he had pictures of muggles and bikinis in his room and like posters and stuff, you know, and everything. And they definitely did not approve. Yeah. He was, uh, I mean, we obviously see his, uh, anti-bigotry, but, uh, to his family, he was the bad guy. Yes. Oh yeah. Big and, quite, and quite rebellious. Yes. To the extreme, to yes. the extreme. Yeah. And I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. So he is obviously a student at Hogwarts Yes, in his youth, uh, like the other Marauders are. Mm-hmm. And the time that he spends at Hogwarts is uh, he's a disco era wizard. Yeah. Uh, he was at Hogwarts from 1971 to 1978. Do you think that like the robes reflected the era at all? That is an interesting question. My guess my my guess would be no. Okay. Um, I think the wizards. It seems like it seems like even during the Harry Potter series, when we're reading, the wizards are described as basically dressing like they're straight out of medieval times. Yeah, that's true. Wearing robes and tunics and whatnot. Yeah, so, like they haven't really progressed. Yeah. At all. Their yeah. style's kind of been the same, it sounds like, for centuries. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, I guess that that's kind of the same for a lot of things. Like, they travel by train to get to Hogwarts. Um, there's not really electricity at Hogwarts. No. Um, no, everything's magically induced illumination. Yeah, so I guess that would make sense. It's kind of just their fashion is kind of stagnant, I guess, unless of course their, their clothes that they wear under the robes could, I guess, be different, but. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question, but um, I know in the movies, obviously they, yeah, they, up, they make the, they make the characters dress in sort of trendier clothes when they're not at Hogwarts. Yeah. But yeah. I get the, I get the feeling that all witches and wizards kind of dress in robes, even when they're not at Hogwarts. Well, they dress in robes or if they try to dress like muggles, it's really bizarre, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. loud colors and not yeah. things don't match. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just don't understand. So yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so 
he was in Gryffindor. Yes. Very unlike the rest of his family. Okay. So they were all Slytherins and very proud of that. Yeah. That's what I was going to mention earlier is that Mm -hmm. up until Sirius, from what we understand, every member of the House of Black was in Slytherin House. Yes. Which isn't a bad thing. It's not. Merlin was a Slytherin. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but... There are qualities of Slytherin House that could be bad if taken to the extreme. Yeah, I think I think that could be said of almost all the houses, except maybe Hufflepuff. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's true. Fair enough. But um, because, like, the characteristics of Hufflepuff are like being loyal and 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 good-hearted, all the good things. Nothing yeah, all the cozy cake in the wrong way. Things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Slytherins are ambitious. Um, they are typically quite smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they have big, big goals for themselves. They want to yeah. be prominent and influential. Yeah, very true. Very true. Which I mean makes sense with their views. Of the world, I guess, and others. Yes, uh-huh, indeed. Oh. But uh, apparently those traits were not as prominent and serious because as a Gryffindor, their traits are courage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, what else are some of the major characters? I mean, obviously the big one is courage, bravery. Yeah, the big one. Yeah, courage, bravery. I know loyalty is, you know, but not yeah. as high ranking. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not going to turn away from a. They're not going to turn away from a, a confrontation if yes. they feel like they are in the right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wonder how that conversation went with his parents. You know? Oh man, I got into Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah, you wonder if they would have been more disappointed because Gryffindor is obviously Gryffindor and Slytherin are big rivals. Yeah, but you wonder if they would have been even more upset if he'd gotten into Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw. Yeah, I know. I'm curious. Hmm. But anyway, so he was super popular too mm-hmm. while he was there. Very popular um, among his peers, among the ladies, among everyone. He and James. He and James were kind of James Potter were kind of the princes of the school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but not only was he popular. What else? What else was he known for? Well, Sirius and James both, we're going to get it. We'll get into James, of course, in another, in another one, but they have so, sort of similar characteristics, which is why they're probably best friends. Uh, they were practical jokers mm-hmm. and uh, really kind of troublemakers. They got into quite a bit of mischief. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let's see, what's that quote from, from Hagrid? Hagrid once compared uh, Fred and George Weasley who are the kings of mischief making, uh, compared them to uh, James and Sirius. Yeah. He's saying the Weasleys could give James and Sirius a run for their money. Yeah. So that's interesting because what we know, I mean, clearly we know the Weasleys much better than James and Sirius. Yes. And they are top of the line mischievous. Yeah. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, they're, um, what do you call them? 
mentors in some way, albeit maybe unknowingly and from a distance to, to Fred and George with the Marauders. Well, map. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wonder if they ever found out who the Marauders were. They had, I think they did. Yeah. I think they, that Harry reveals. Oh, really? Well, because they figure out that, you know, because the Marauders map is signed by. Yeah. Oh, Padfoot, that's true. Padfoot, Prongs, Mooney, and Wormtail. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they figure out who those people are. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. So I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's why they do, you know, Fred and George do show kind of a uh, camaraderie towards Harry. And I wonder if it's kind of some respect, you know? Oh yeah. His dad was mischievous as well. Yeah. I mean, Harry definitely gets into his own bit of mischief. It's not on the level of the Weasley brothers or the Marauders, but he gets into some mischief. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Uh, James. So they're best buds and James hated Severus Snape. Okay. Yes. Hated it. I mean, almost not even almost annoying. It was annoying. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Sirius actively supported his hatred. Yeah. Um, so here is my question for you, because we, we have read a lot about what they have done to Severus Snape. Okay. Yes. Do you think that Sirius was a bully? In a word? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is one of the this is one of the things that makes he and James uh, complicated characters because yeah. they're good guys and you root for them and you feel bad about the things that have happened to them, but they clearly have their flaws. And mm-hmm. one of the flaws they had was when they were in school. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any other way to put it other than that they were bullies. Yeah, and you know, and we see that realization that Harry also has of that. And his complicated feelings towards his dad in realizing that as well. Yeah. Um, Because he sees a memory that Snape has in Order of the Phoenix when mm -hmm. Snape is trying to teach him occlumency. Mm -hmm. And Harry, um, does he say Expelliarmus to bounce the spell back at Snape? I think he does. Yeah, I mean, it's it's his spell, so. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And he... (laughs) He bounces it back at Snape and he's able to look into Snape's memories mm-hmm. and sees, wow, my dad and Sirius were jerks. Yeah, like actually very mean. Yeah, very um, mean. But I think that what sets Sirius apart is that, you know, the memory that we saw, um, James, what did he do? He like lifted him up and like. So everybody could see his underwear or something. Put them upside down. Yeah. Yeah. So awful. Definitely. But, um, you know, Sirius at one point was the one that told Snape how to get through the Whomping Willow on a full moon. Yeah. And so with that on a full moon, Remus would have been in the Shrieking Shack as a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really like he could have died. Yeah. That, that goes beyond practical joke to, yeah, you could have killed somebody. 
Yeah. And I think that that's where Sirius kind of took it a step further than James even did that we know about. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes me curious why, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, their, their treatment of, of Siri of a Snape is. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I can't, I mean, obviously they knew that, uh, Severus had a crush on Lily. Yeah, but I mean, but they geez. went to the point of just sheer and utter humiliating, sheer, yes. sheer and utter humiliation. Yes, horrible. and almost death. Yeah, yes, horrible things. Um, with that, I mean, Sirius did admit to Harry that because Harry asked Sirius about that memory that he had, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he did admit that he was wrong, but then. He's still so mean to Snape. Yeah, he still is not a fan. As a grown man. I mean, it's fine if you're not a fan, but like, it was kind of childish. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll talk about it. A little bit later on when we find out other things that happened to, uh, to Sirius. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so kind of to sum up his time at Hogwarts, um, when he was 16, he did end up moving out of his house um, and he moved in with James's family. So we know that about him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's what a year before his last, so like his second to last year at Hogwarts or something. Uh Uh, And uh, in return, his mother blasted his face off the family tree. So, Dang. yeah. So there's that. Disowned. Done. No chance. <laughs> His mother, uh, what was her name? We need uh, Walburga. Walburga, yeah. Seems like a real treat. Yes, she does. Yeah. So, very true. Very much true. All right. So, let's chat about the Marauders then, specifically. Okay. So, the Marauders are a group of, like we've talked about, four boys for friends uh james potter is james potter and sirius are kind of like the ringleaders of the group james probably a little bit more mm-hmm. but sirius is right there with him and then you have remus lupin mm-hmm. um, and you have peter Pettigrew, which yeah. we'll talk about each one of them more specifically in the episodes that we do to cover them but the sort of the odd sort of the odd one of the group i think is peter uh he doesn't really yeah. fit in with the other three as much I just wonder um, how they met, you know? Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're all the same year. I guess there's not a lot of boys that are the same year. You yeah, know? I guess that's true. So, in, in, but, in, and in the same house, they're all yeah. Gryffindors. Yeah. So. Um, and what's interesting about them is they are all actually pretty gifted wizards. Yes. Um. So typically in the wizarding world, if you are an animagus, which means you have the ability to transform into an animal, to take animal shape, like uh, McGonagall, Minerva McGonagall is an animagus. She can turn into a cat. Mm -hmm. She was just born with that ability. Um, The marauders, at least James Sirius and Peter, teach themselves how to transform into an animal. Yeah. And they do that because Remus is a werewolf. He's been bitten by a werewolf. And so they do that so that they can 
be with Remus when there's a full moon and he transforms and they can yeah. kind of help control him a little bit. Yeah. Um, and not make him feel as much of an outcast. Right, right. You know? So the animal that Sirius is able to transform himself into is a large black dog. Mm-hmm. Very similar to what we would think the Grimm would look like when they talk yeah. about the Grimm in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a large, dark-colored dog that usually signifies death or bad tidings. Yeah. So, like, it's coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Nothing good is coming. And in the wizarding world, um, if you are an animagus, you are supposed to register yourself. Yeah. They, ha- they want to know who all these people are so that if you get into something hinky, they know where to go looking. Um, they never register themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they are illegal animagi. Which, I mean, I'm curious about because, you know, we see Hogwarts in the Harry Potter series. We see a little bit of others, but really just Hogwarts. Yeah. Uh, that kind of small corner of the world. And... Um, in just that, we know of four illegal animagi, you know? So there must be, well, the three of them and then Rita Skeeter is also one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, there must be a lot. I'm sure there is. It's not very well regulated. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they could try. Well, and it's interesting, too, because they... uh They can, when you're an underage witcher wizard, the Ministry of Magic can track you. Yeah, yeah. So they must not do it when they're on break, I guess. Yeah, and then I guess because because maybe they can't track what you do at Hogwarts. Um, No, yeah, because I don't think that they can um, track the exact spell that you use. They just can detect magic. I'd have to go back and take a look to see... um, what they do exactly how they in the books because i know that in uh harry potter and the order of the phoenix the movie they send him an owl letting him know that he's being expelled from hogwarts and going to have a hearing before the ministry of magic because he had harry had unauthorized use of a patronus charm yeah so that's so interesting that it was specific there but um we know in uh chamber of secrets it's Dobby that uses magic, you know? Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. It's kind of confusing, I guess. Yeah. I, I'd have to go back and look at the book and see how they stated in the book in order. Of the yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I guess I, but they also didn't become, they weren't successful in becoming animagi until their fifth year. Right. I believe. So, I mean, they, they were older. They only had a couple years left. So, yeah. 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 And there's, there's some point where you can use magic, I think, where... Because, like, P, uh, Fred and George... Fred and George apparate. They yeah, because they apparate. can apparate. Yeah, I know. I need to brush up on my knowledge, I guess. Yeah, we need to look into that a little bit more. But yeah. that's a little bit of a of a, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess, esoteric thing to, to research, but yeah. we, we need to take a look at that. Yeah. 
Um, so anyways, uh, what else about the Marauders? Yeah. The animal guy and what else can they do? So, I mean, that was incredibly impressive of them, but they also have the Marauders map, yeah. which when you really, really think about it is pretty incredible. Very impressive. Um, they must have been extremely talented yes. um, because it it shows the people, you know, the creators, they created this in the 70s, clearly. Right. And we see it in the 90s and it is tracking people that weren't even around. Yes. You know, up to date. It's up to date. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but the authors are able to communicate presently with whoever's looking at it. Okay. So right. uh, here's a quote from the book uh, when Snape gets a hold of the Marauder's Map. Mr. Mooney presents his compliments to Professor Snape and begs him to keep his abnormally large nose out of other people's business. <laughs> Mr. Prongs agrees with Mr. Mooney and would like to add that Professor Snape is an ugly git. (laughs) Mr. Padfoot would like to register his astonishment that an idiot like that ever became a professor. (laughs) And Mr. Wormtail bids Professor Snape good day and advises him to wash his hair, the slime ball. Yeah. Um, I mean, so they know that he's a professor. It's almost like they impart part of their personality into the map. Yeah. yeah, it's bizarre. It's yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that you can't think that hard about because it's just magic, you know? So, yeah, but it's very clever and because Snape is a very powerful wizard mm-hmm. and yeah. he has trouble with the Marauders. Now. Yeah, 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 that's true. He is. I mean, it's it's crazy that um, a lot of the wizards that we encounter in the books are actually very, very powerful and how they are portrayed at least at times does not seem like that. Right. Yeah. I think every time I I think about when uh, I think it's at the battle of Hogwarts in the last book, the deathly hallows when um, I think McGonagall at one point tells Harry, like, go, we'll deal with Voldemort. Yeah. And Harry's kind of like, are you sure? And then McGonagall goes like something to the effect of, believe it or not, Mr. Potter, the professors of Hogwarts are very skilled at magic. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and McGonagall's duking it out with Voldemort at one point, kind of mano with mano. I mean, she doesn't just use Expelliarmus, Harry, okay? No. <laughs> like you. It's not her... <laughs> Her magic of choice. So <laughs> yes. So, anyways, uh, that's kind I mean, of the Marauders in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we'll get into each of them, like we said in subsequent episodes. Um, so, like we said, magic. His magical abilities are well above par. Yeah, he is definitely at least you would call him an above-average wizard. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Maybe an exception, maybe an exceptional one. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's kind of the same as um, Fred and George in that because they are goofballs or they're mischievous, you don't expect that. But yeah. if you actually look at what they're doing, it's like, whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. In fact, uh, and about Sirius specifically, even though we seem like we don't get it too much from when we interact with Sirius, what does Remus say about Sirius? So um, Remus told Harry that Sirius was one of the cleverest of their time. Wow. So, I mean, that says a lot. So it seems yeah. like he was maybe head of the pack as far as smarts, you know? Maybe, I think. Yeah, I would probably put James up there with guts. Yeah. And daring, but Sirius was very smart, very clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then his teachers also all said that he was incredibly gifted as well. Yeah, at one point, a Slughorn uh, laments the fact that he was never able to get serious to join mm-hmm. the slug club. Yeah. Yeah. And that's reserved for witches and wizards who are either incredibly gifted yeah. or come from very influential families. So both really for him. Yeah. Both for him. Yeah. But he was, uh, you know, disowned from his family. So it had to have been for his gift, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Never got serious, but I would have liked to have had the set because he had Regulus. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The set. Gosh, that guy was a weirdo. He's a collector. Yep. (laughs) Um, Okay. So that sums up him at Hogwarts pretty much. Um, What do we know of him after graduation of Hogwarts? So after they graduate Hogwarts, of course, uh, the marauders remain very good friends Mm -hmm. and shortly after they graduate hogwarts they're in their i don't know how i can't remember how long it lasts maybe you can tell me uh but uh shortly after they graduate hogwarts they're in their early 20s is the rise of lord voldemort yeah Mm -hmm. and um do you know how do do you know how long that lasted how long that war lasted gosh let me let me look it up okay while you look it up i'll kind of run it down okay so because of the rise of Voldemort, they need, they wanted to figure, obviously there were people trying to figure out ways to combat him. 11 years. It lasted right. 11 years. 11 years. Wow. So hold on. So 90, 81. So it started in 70. Oh, well, I mean, that makes sense. So it was happening while they were at Hogwarts. Yeah. Cause that makes sense because um, he had said that, his family was not, they weren't death eaters, but they thought that Voldemort had the right idea. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Continue. So, so it must've been shortly after they graduated, they joined the organization founded by Dumbledore, the order mm-hmm. of the Phoenix. Sirius was one of those who joined. Mm-hmm. Um, and after he joined the order of the Phoenix, Sirius found himself roiling with mistrust and stress due to the terror of Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it took its toll on him psychologically. Well, yeah. Emotionally. You don't know who you can trust. Yeah. There were double agents on both sides. Yeah, people flipping like crazy. Yeah. It reminds me, it ma- makes me think of like uh, the civil war here in the United States. You literally had brother fighting against brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, by October of 1981, it took such a toll that by that time, Sirius no longer trusted Remus Lupin, who was one of his good friends. Uh, He suspected Remus of being a spy, uh, maybe because Remus was a werewolf and werewolves were on the side of Voldemort. I don't know. 
Um, and to the point where uh, Sirius would exclude Remus from important information mm -hmm. in the war. He wouldn't share certain intelligence with him. Yeah. However, interestingly enough. Oh my gosh. He implicitly trusted Peter Pettigrew. Annoying. I did not realize, I guess, that he, I mean, he and Remus kind of left on a, on a sour note. Yeah, they did. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, I wonder, I, guess, I mean, Remus must have been aware, right? I'm sure that Remus picked up on, I, Sirius strikes me as a guy who's not good at hiding his emotions. What? No. No, so he must have, Remus must have felt like he was getting a little bit of the cold shoulder from Sirius. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, okay, so he's in the Order of the Phoenix fighting, you know, obviously, like you said, uh, by 81, he's just kind of going crazy with stress and everything. Um, he, well, and then Lily and James and Dumbledore find out that Lily and James are kind of targets as well as the long bottoms of Voldemort. Yes. Okay. And so they go into hiding and Dumbledore suggests having a secret keeper and uh, Sirius was the original secret keeper to the Potters. Okay. Yes. Uh, but he felt that that was pretty obvious. That would, that would be an obvious choice for Voldemort and like he would never crack, but he didn't even want that to be an option. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, in case he got captured and tortured for information. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he convinced the Potters without anybody else's knowledge. So it was just the Potters and Sirius that knew this. Uh, he convinced them to have Peter Pettigrew be the secret keeper because that would not have been obvious. Yes. Um. Man, he must have a lot of guilt. He must have an incredible amount of guilt, yeah. That, I mean, that was all him, you know? I mean, it wasn't, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like to, to not trust Remus and to trust Peter instead, and then that happens. Yes. Um, and then we know what happens after that. Yeah, well, he goes to he goes to check up on Peter in Peter's hiding place, and he's not there. And yeah. so he gets stressed out, goes to the Potters, and finds it blown up. Yes, yeah. because Voldemort has attacked. Yeah, so. And he gets uh -huh. blamed. He gets, so then Sirius is blamed and framed. Mm -hmm. or the murder of Peter because Peter yeah. has disappeared. He's vanished off the face of the earth. Yeah. And 12 muggles. Yes. Yeah. And as a result, he gets sent to the wizarding prison. He goes Azkaban. to Azkaban. Man. Oh yeah. So he's in there for 12 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm assuming he was supposed to be a lifer, you know? Uh, yeah. But he's in there for 12 years in solitary confinement. Yeah. Um, and he only kept his sanity by transforming into um, his dog form. 
yeah. into Padfoot because uh, the Dementors being who they, what they are, I guess, what they are, uh, couldn't affect him as much um, when he was an animal because they can't really pick up on the emotions as much. Um, they don't really vibe as well with animals, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, so him becoming a dog kind of was his, his benefit there. Yes. Yeah. And he was able to hold off the Dementors for the most part. Mm-hmm. He's still altered psychologically. Yeah. I mean, by his definitely. time there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 12 years. He's not going to be okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then, then what does he do after 12 years? Sirius escapes. Mm-hmm. And he is the only person to ever escape Azkaban. Yeah. Well, well, later, later people get set free. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. He did it on his own, a hundred percent. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's crazy. Well, no. What about Barty Crouch? Oh, right. I'll have to go back and look at that. Does Barty escape or did somebody let him out? Because had Voldemort already infiltrated enough to have influence to get him released? Well, his, no, no, no. His mom traded places with him. Remember? Hmm. She drank polyjuice potion to get in. Okay. And traded places. So would that count as escape? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, just a different type of escape, I guess. Yeah, we'll have to go back Hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's after serious though. Anyway, it's definitely after serious. Yeah. So up until that point, he's the only person. And then I guess yeah. it happens a lot afterwards. So <laughs> yeah, they need to get their stuff together. Uh, okay. So my question, why did he not escape sooner? Because the way that he escaped was pretty obvious for him. Mm-hmm. So why not do it sooner? Um, my initial thought is that maybe he thinks he deserves it. Mm. And he's paying his penance for what happened to the potters. Like he knows he didn't do what he's in there for. Right. But in his mind, he is indirectly responsible. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. What do you, what do you think? Uh, I feel like, you know, what, what would be the point? Like kind of the same as you, like what would be the point of leaving? Um, I think what really sparked him was seeing the picture of Scabbers. And then he had a goal. Then he knew. Yeah. Yeah. So, which gave him hope because I mean, he knows that Harry is out there and that's his godson, but why bother even trying when everybody, everybody around him thinks that it was all him. Not only did he betray the Potters, but he also killed Peter Pettigrew and a bunch of muggles, you know? Yeah, that's very true. So what would be the point, you know? Yeah, very true. And then it gets, yeah. And then he gets more hope once he gets out and figures, figures out certain things. And yeah, cause he's, 
I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but he is Harry's godfather. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And so he also, I think, I don't know that he knows whatever became of Harry because when, uh, oh, yeah, uh, when he, when what happened to the Potters happened, he knew that Harry as an infant was alive. Yeah. He gives Hagrid, Hagrid, his flying motorcycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To allow, to allow Hagrid to escape with Harry. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which, and then, uh, you know, he tries to take Harry because he's his godfather. Yeah. And then Dumbledore said no. Yeah. I mean, that must have been a big bummer. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, technically, Sirius is still kind of on the run. Well, not at that point. Well, at that point, Dumbledore and others know about Sirius, but Sirius, I believe, is Sirius is still wanted by the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Poor guy. Because they blame some murders on. Uh, they blame. Isn't it in Order of the Phoenix? They blame some murders on Sirius. That really Voldemort and his lackeys commit, but Fudge is doing the propaganda saying that we think that it is none other than infamous criminal Sirius Black. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it wouldn't have been a wouldn't have been a great situation for Harry to be in on the run with his godfather. Well, that's true. And at that point, everybody thinks that he's the one that betrayed the Potters. So yes, including Dumbledore. Probably. (laughs) You know, Dumbledore, maybe at first, yeah. I don't that's yeah. a good question. Dumbledore's always got more going on behind the scenes than we're made aware of. So maybe yeah, that's true. something, but I don't know. That's true. That's true. Or maybe he had his suspicions but couldn't prove anything. Yeah. Yeah, very true. So, anyways, that was a little bit of a sidebar. Um, where were we going to? Um, okay, so let's talk about uh how he looks. You know, we okay. talked about his kind of timeline of his life. Uh, his appearance. So at Hogwarts, he was very good looking as Uh a kid. uh, And he was considered extremely attractive by girls his age. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, He's described as being tall, well-built, darkly handsome, with fair skin and medium lustrous black hair, which sometimes appeared light in the sun. He had striking gray eyes and an air of casual elegance. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. (laughs) Yes. Popular. He's a popular guy. And as a result, maybe this is part of what uh, comes into his personality some that also affects the way he carries himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, They say that he has a haughty look about him. Yes. H-A-G-H-T-Y. Yes. Um, Not H-O-T-T-Y. Yeah. Um, so he's a hottie, has a hottie persona. Yeah. And uh, this seems to be maybe a, a trait of the black family. Yeah, because I definitely feel like Bellatrix, what we see of Bellatrix and of, um, um, oh my goodness, Malfoy. Oh, not, nope. Why can I not think of Bellatrix's sister? Oh. Um, uh, Lucius Malfoy's yes. Narcissa. Narcissa, thank you. Oh, that that was a bummer. Okay, yeah. So I mean, they both definitely carry that as well. 
Yeah, and I think obviously Sirius is the exact opposite of his family in many ways, but you also have to think he's he grew up very privileged and mm-hmm. well off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as a member of the Black family, I'm sure he was raised, treated with some level of respect and deference, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I mean, when you have somebody wanting to collect you, like Slughorn, you know, yes, it has to go to your head a little bit. And he's good looking, so everybody yeah. thinks. So he, I'm sure that goes to his head, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, but did he stay good looking? You know, spending 12 years in Azkaban will do a number on you. Yeah. Um, when he escapes, he is described as being gaunt. Mm-hmm. With a sunken face and waxy skin with yellow teeth and <laughs> long matted hair. Yeah, so not... You know, not too great. No, I mean, he looks like an escaped convict for sure. And yeah. not one that's been treated well. No, no, not at all. So, uh, yeah, he kind of lost his attractiveness a little bit in Azkaban. It did say after he escaped and kind of back in the swing of things, you know, he plumped up a little bit. His hair was a bit shinier, things like that. Yes. But, um. Yeah, he lost a lot in Azkaban, for sure. He did. He sure did. And even, I think, I mean, he lost, when he goes into Azkaban, he's in his, what, early, mid-20s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he gets out, I mean, that's one thing that I was going to uh, bring up and mention, too, um, is that, you know, we were talking about how he still has this hatred for Snape, um, even after all these years and everything. And I've read, bef- I've read in other places, and it seems to make sense to me that he went into Azkaban at such a young age mm-hmm. that uh, when he gets out, number one, Azkaban has done a number on him emotionally and psychologically. Yeah. And number two, um, his maturation process mm-hmm. may have very well been stunted. Yeah, yeah. Because he went in as a young man, you know, who hadn't been out of Hogwarts very long. Yeah. And he probably still has a lot of the same opinions and sensibilities he had when he went. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. You don't grow with your peers at that point. Right. So, yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so let's talk about a little bit what he's like, because it kind of relates to um, what you were just saying. So this is a quote from J.K. Rowling. Okay, Mm -hmm. she says, serious to me, he's kind of on the edge Do you not get that feeling from Sirius? He's a little bit of a loose cannon, but Sirius had his flaws. I've sort of discussed that before, some quite glaring flaws. I see Sirius as someone who was a case of arrested development. I think you need, I think you see that from his relationship with Harry and Phoenix. He kind of wants a mate from Harry and what Harry craves is a father. Harry's kind of outgrowing that now. Sirius wasn't equipped to give him that. Yeah. 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 He is not ready to be a father figure. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, he sees Harry, you know, and he meets Harry at uh, 12, 13, 13 at third. Oh yeah. 13 year three, 13. And um, it's, I mean, it's, he went into Azkaban at 20, 20 years old. So, I mean, it's not much younger than when he last saw James. 
And if he looks exactly like James, he doesn't think, oh, that's my godson. He thinks, oh, this is James in the flesh. You know, yeah, this is my buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just like you said, you know, that maturation process stopped. Yes. And I mean, he's not. He even uh, calls Harry James at one point in order. Yeah. The yes. Yeah. Nice one, James. Yeah. And um, which I'm sure makes Harry feel good, you know, but yeah, he just, he, he's not equipped to, to take on any of those roles. Yeah. So, and, but he, he definitely acts like he should. Yes. Like that's my right. That's my godson. But um, he doesn't take a step back and realize what that means. You know, exactly. Exactly. Sirius is also, um, and maybe this goes into his Gryffindor, goes into his courage um, because he is very courageous. But Mm -hmm. because of that, they always say there's a fine line between bravery and stupidity. Yes. Um, And uh, Sirius can be reckless. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see him make some tactical mistakes. He's still, I think, in a lot of ways, like we just talked about that teenager from Hogwarts. Yeah. And so sometimes his decision-making process is like a teenager would make instead of a grown man in his mid thirties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's endearing. It's an endearing attribute, but also can be a dangerous one. Yeah, definitely. No. Uh, agreed. Yeah. And, and we see that, I mean, he wants to be a part of the action so much, you know, like we see that, especially in order of the Phoenix and, um, he is reckless. He, I mean, he, he ultimately listens, you know, and stays at 12 Grimald place, but, um, his ancestral home. Yeah. 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 We see his, um, recklessness and in wanting to include Harry in things that maybe Harry's too young to be included in. Um, he's he reprimanded by that. Molly Weasley. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't understand those boundaries, you know, and he's even reckless with boundaries. Um, yeah. He wants Harry to be involved in the meetings of the order of the Phoenix and Molly Weasley, who is, uh, very much like a, a, a mother for Harry. Mm-hmm. is like no he's a boy like this isn't this this kind of talk is not something he needs to hear yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah but with that he also is very loyal incredibly yes. loyal yeah um he will always protect his friends no matter what um serious this is a quote serious was a brave clever and energetic man and such men are not usually content to sit at home in hiding while they believe others to be in danger. Yes. Um, so that goes with his bravery too, you know? Um, and I think that that's a good way to describe maybe kind of his recklessness as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he is not the kind of guy who is going to sit around and and just twiddle his thumbs like he Mm -hmm. wants to be in the action Mm -hmm. especially when his friends and family are involved he wants to he wants to help protect them yeah absolutely absolutely uh so my question to you was he a good friend 
Oh man, he makes a lot of mistakes, obviously. Um, I think if we're talking about his loyalty, yeah, he is a good friend. Mm-hmm. He, he will, and as we see in, in Order of the Phoenix, where uh, Sirius passes, he is killed by his sister, by his, excuse me, his cousin, Bellatrix, mm-hmm. uh, defending Harry. Um, he is, he's loyal and he wants to fight for the people he loves. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. because he's reckless, he makes some bad decisions. So I guess I would say he is a, he has, he is a well-intentioned friend. Okay. But he doesn't always make the right decisions. Okay. What do you think? Um, I definitely, I think that he's a good friend. I definitely okay. think that he is. I think that his loyalties um, lie with his friends, no matter what. Um, and that he would die for them. I think that if he remained secret keeper, for example, I mean, that secret would have gone to the grave. Um, yeah. I think, I think so that that was an unfortunate mistake on an unfortunate, you know, judgment call on his end. But I don't think that it was anything to do with how he valued his friendship. You know, if anything yeah. showed that he valued it so much. Um, That's true. But yeah, I think that he was a good friend. I don't think that he was a good godfather by any means. Um yeah. He was a better friend to Harry than Godfather, I think. You know, agreed. Agreed with that. I don't know. I don't know how much of that is his own fault. No. Oh, not at all. Yeah. Fault him at all for that. But 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 I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good mate. Yeah. But not a good father figure. No. Very true. Very true. Um. All right. Well, let's end it on some quotes from Sirius Black. You want to do that? Sure. All right. So, So go ahead. Okay, so these are some quotes from Sirius. This one's from Order of the Phoenix. He says, the world isn't split into good people and Death Eaters. So kind of like what we were talking about, you know? Yeah. And it really does apply to him as well. So <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of in that he's kind of in that gray area. He's in that gray zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and well, at least he was and still holds on to some of those characteristics as a as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but an interesting little drop of wisdom from Sirius mm-hmm. there. I think it's an yeah. accurate. Um, also from Order of the Phoenix, Sirius says, we've all got both light and dark inside us. What matters is the part we choose to act on. That's who we really are. Mm-hmm. Another nice pearl of wisdom from yeah. Sirius. Yeah. So he had some uh, reflection time in Azkaban, you know, coming up with sure these, little, these little nuggets. He sure did. Yeah. Um, do you want me to finish it? Do you want me to read yeah, all the quotes? Yeah, go for it. In Goblet of Fire, Sirius is quoted as saying, if you want to know what a man's like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. Which I find interesting. Yeah. Because he does not treat creature well in the slightest. That is true. A lot of wizards view um, house elves as subhuman. Yeah. And even though he's a guy who is anti-bigotry when it comes to pure bloods and, and mixed bloods, he doesn't extend that to 
house elves. But I'm pretty, I, and I need to look back on this. I'm pretty sure he's talking about Crouch and his house elf, Winky. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. So I'm just like. I mean, Creature was a pretty wretched. Well, yeah. I mean, Creature's loyalties like were with uh, Walburga. What's her name? Walburga. Yeah. Yeah. So. Of course. Creature lives to serve the House of Black. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Yeah. I just found that an ironic little quote. That is a bit of irony. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so this last quote is from the Prisoner of Azkaban, the first book we're introduced to, mm-hmm. fully introduced to Sirius. His name yeah. is mentioned when he saves when Hagrid uses his motorcycle to mm-hmm. save Harry in Sorcerer's Stone. But uh, Sirius says, "The ones who love us never really leave us. Mm-hmm. You can always find them in here." Mm-hmm. And he points to his chest, gestures to his chest and his heart. Um. And one more thing I wanted to say about Sirius before yeah. we close out here. Yeah. Um, I remember in Order of the Phoenix when Sirius dies. Mm-hmm. And Harry is, of course, distraught that really his last, this last link to his parents is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then he's talking to nearly headless Nick at Hogwarts. And Harry all of a sudden gets excited because he thinks, oh, I can talk to Sirius as a ghost. Mm-hmm. And nearly headless Nick, and I'm paraphrasing here, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he says something to the extent of, you know, people become ghosts when they're too afraid to pass on to the other side. Mm-hmm. And being afraid is something that Sirius Black never was. Yeah. So Sirius passes on to the other side. And yeah. so he does not become a ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's, you know, nearly headless Nick saying this about a student that was there 20 plus years ago, you know? Yes. Uh huh. And he remembers that of him, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Good character. Very good. Com- character. Complex character. That's for sure. He is. He's, yeah. he's a favorite. I think J.K. Rowling has mentioned in an interview that Sirius is one of her favorites. Oh, really? She likes, I, I remember, I think I remember her saying she really likes Sirius and she really likes Severus Snape because they're both more complex characters with multiple layers to them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. So. Uh, real quick, would you recast? This is what we were, I, this is what we were going to talk about or what I was going to talk about, we were talking about how old Sirius was mm-hmm. when he died. He was only yeah. 36. Yeah. I think that Gary Oldman, who plays, who is a tremendous actor and plays a Sirius in the films, does a great job because he is a very good actor. Mm-hmm. But he's, I think in, I think when we first see him, he's almost 50. Really? And then by the end of the series, he's definitely into his 50s. I think Gary Oldman's well into his 60s now. Wow. So he's a bit old for Sirius. Yeah. He's a bit old for Sirius. And so that's the only thing that I really kind of struggle with, with Gary Oldman. I what know, but he you? does such a good job too, you know? He's a very good actor. I know. So I'm trying to think, because as annoyed as I am with them being cast so old, I mean, it's even... 
I would never recast Alan Rickman, but he's too old, you know? Um, That's true. Gary Oldman is 64 right now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he was in his fifties then. Well, I don't know. So when he did uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, what year was that? That was in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's in his 40s. Yeah, he would have been in his 40s probably. Yeah. yeah. So not too far off. 2004. Okay. So 18 years ago, he would have been 46. Okay. So, I mean, not too far off. But, you know, it's it's the same with all of them. Like I said, um, Remus, whoever he is, too old. Molly and Arthur are just right. They're fine. You think so? Yeah, because they're older. Oh, they're older than the Marauders? Yeah, they are. Well, yeah, I guess they've believe... got kids in their 20s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're older. I believe they're the same age as Lucius because Lucius is older. Okay. Well, but not as old as Hagrid and Voldemort. They come later than them. Yeah. Yeah. Later than them. Um, but yeah, I don't know who I would, I don't think that I would, he did a really good job. Yeah. There's not an actor that immediately jumps out that I think that person would have been a a good serious black. I mean, when you picture serious, you picture Gary Oldman. Yeah. He did a good job at like the, his look was good. Um, He did a good job being insane and equally good being not insane. Uh, You know, I picture the moving picture in the movie when it's his wanted poster. Yeah. He's like screaming. Like screaming. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah, I don't think that I would. Yeah. Hmm. I'm happy with it. I'm happy. Like you said, Alan Rickman was clearly older than Sirius was supposed to be, but you would never replace Severus, but you would never replace that man. If anybody says anything different. mm -mm. Yeah. I mean, you said Adam driver as a young one, hard eye roll as a young one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, that sums it up, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, quick announcement for next week. We will. So this series will continue. But next week, uh, we will not have a new episode coming out because I will be out of the country and I won't have access uh, to equipment and things like that. Uh, so listen to some old episodes, you know binge that thing yeah i mean fright fest is always popular so go back and listen to those Mm -hmm. um but yeah we'll be back in two weeks with another character deep dive on another uh marauder absolutely if you want to keep the harry potter theme going you can go back and listen to our episode on uh severus snape yeah well we did severus snape we did hagrid and uh, we also did, uh, what's her face? Luna. Luna. Luna Lovegood. Oh, and Fred and George we recently did. That's right. Look at us. Clearly we've hit on Harry Potter yes, a lot. We, we like Harry Potter. So here we are. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, continue the journey on social media. You can email us at thefigpot at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at 
the fig pod. Don't know why I blanked on that for a second. Uh, you can also become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash the fig pod. And please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow so that you never miss another episode of the Fantasy in General podcast. See you next time. See you next time.